You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, hold your place there and go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to come back to Jonah, so don't lose your place. Jonah, uh, and then go to 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter number three. Can we use our Bibles tonight? Amen. All right. Second Peter chapter three. Look with me at verse number nine. Second Peter three nine. The Bible says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish." but that all should come to repentance. You know, God's plan for salvation, it has not changed. It's not changed. Uh, we're, Brother Rick and I and Miss Brown went out to lunch this afternoon. We were talking about uh, Scripture, and as uh, he, was, he was sharing some things that he had learned, and, uh, you know, we look at the Old Testament, and we look at, in the Old Testament, how... How, judge, how much judgment is in the Old Testament. And then you look at the New Testament, and you find that there's judgment, but it's not near as often as in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament had 4,000 years. New Testament, we're looking at about 2,000 years. And so uh, you start looking at how God, God is the same. God's the same. God in the Old Testament was still a loving God. Amen? Uh, God in the Old Testament was still a God of grace. He was still a God of mercy. It wasn't that God changed. Uh, God is the same. The Bible says He changes not. God doesn't change. So the God of the Old Testament uh, is, is a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of salvation. And in the New Testament, he is still a God of love and of mercy and of salvation. In the Old Testament, God is a God of judgment. And in the New Testament, God is still a God of judgment. God has not changed. He is the same. And so here, go, go back now with me to the book of Jonah. And I think there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things that we can glean out of this passage of Scripture. Uh, I think we miss, oftentimes, we miss the main focus uh, of this, this book. Uh, and, you know, when we look at uh, the, the character, the primary character of the book of Jonah, it is not Jonah. You look at the primary character in the book of Jonah, and it's not the whale. But when we think about the book of Jonah, what do we think about? Jonah and the whale. That is the focus. The fish is only mentioned four times in the four chapters. Jonah is mentioned, he is, he is mentioned 21 times. God is mentioned 
41 times. 41 times. The primary character in the book of Jonah is God. And we look at the book of Jonah, what do we see? We see that there is a God with a purpose. And God had a purpose through this whole event. And it wasn't to show off his ability on making a whale. God's pretty confident in who he is. God here was looking big picture. And in the book of Jonah, just like the rest of Scripture, the theme is the salvation of the lost. The focus was not Jonah. The focus wasn't on the events. The focus was on the salvation of the people of Nineveh. God is the main character. And going back to 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So tonight I want to preach to you on the message, the God of Jonah, the God of Jonah. And let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these that are here tonight and those that are watching online. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to just be challenged. I pray that we would just see you in a little bit different light when we think about this book and what you have revealed to us. I pray that it would help us see uh, how great of a God you are and how much you love uh, mankind and how you want us to be saved. And, and I pray that you would just uh, help us tonight as we look at this passage. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. So keep your Bible out as we're going through uh, here in Jonah uh, and go back to Jonah chapter number one. Jonah chapter number 1, and first of all, we see here in these first few verses, uh, we see that uh, there, was, there was a job that needed to get done, and, uh, and God here, uh, let's read the, the passage again, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it uh, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And here, uh, God had a plan, and in this plan, uh, he, was, he was going to uh, call a man to serve him. And, uh, and with that, uh, we see that uh, there was a process that works all through this passage of Scripture. Uh, we see that, first of all, I want you to see that he prepared a people. God prepared a people. Go to verse number 2. It says, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So here we have these people uh, that are in the, in the, the uh, city of Nineveh. Now, this city, we learn later in chapter 4, that there were, there were six score people, uh, a thousand people. What was that? Uh, 120,000 people were in this city. 
Now, when you think about that, 120,000 people, where does, that, where does that put us? You know, when we, we look at Marysville, uh, the population when Marysville was established in 1854, 1852, uh, anyway, uh, back there somewhere, uh, it was 12,500 people. Ten years ago, when uh, twelve years ago when we came to Marysville, the first thing that one of the first things that I did was uh, trying to figure out this uh, this town and where we're at. Uh, Twelve thousand five hundred people, uh, and so in all that time, very little uh, has has grown. Uh, but there are more areas, of course, uh, Linda uh, and Olivehurst, and and if we cl- included Yuba City at sixty three thousand and included Linda at twenty two thousand and Olivehurst at 12,000, uh, and uh, Marysville at, uh, at 12,000, uh, we, we, would, we would see that we would be getting uh, about to that same number uh, of how many people were in that general area, including Plumas Lake and whatnot. Uh, but this, this was a wicked people. It was a wicked people. They were a hateful people. They were, there was a people that they were not welcoming to outsiders. You know, I'm, I'm imagining that Jonah was thinking, if I go to Nineveh, they're going to kill me. Have you ever thought about our missionaries that go to Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and Lebanon They have no idea. It's a cult. There are cultures where the entire culture of the people, it's anti-Christ. And that, they are putting themselves in absolute harm's way. And Jonah, here we see that there was a people that needed to be saved. God prepared a people that needed to be saved. He prepared a preacher to see that they would get saved. Look at verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. And God had already prepared a person to go do that job. But just like Jonah, we don't always follow his plan. We're just lucky that we're not next to water. We're just, we're just lucky that uh, God isn't, isn't bringing whales up to devour us. But he could. God, God is going to get our attention one way or the other. God has a job that is going to get done. And with this, when we look at God being the, uh, the, uh, the main character of this book, we see his working all through uh, the book of Jonah. He pre- God prepared a people and God prepared a preacher. And this preacher uh, did not want to go to Nineveh. Uh, was he a prejudiced preacher? Could be. Could be. I had a pastor friend that was up in Washington, and he had come out of the South. And when he left Washington, went back down into the South, and there were churches that if he brought somebody in that was not white, they did not welcome the people in the church. God help us. 
What a tragedy that that's the case. Even today. You know, uh, being prejudiced, there should, be, there should not be a prejudiced bone in your body. There is no difference. Jew, Greek, male, female. And we need to, be, we need to remove any prejudice that might be in our soul. There's no place for it. There's none. But here God prepared uh, a people. God prepared a preacher. But look with me at verse number 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Uh, what happened? This preacher decided he is going to go a different way. And it says, but Jonah in verse 3 uh, says, He went and rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. A couple things here. Uh, first of all, if you are running from God, you are always going down. You are going down. He went down uh, to Joppa. He went away from the presence of the Lord. And when you go from the presence of the Lord, you will pay the fare thereof. Guess what? You don't get to pick the fare. We don't get to choose what the cost is going to be. You know, running from God is a lot more costly than you think. The best place for you to be is in the middle of God's will. Teenagers, the best place for you to be is in the middle of God's will. You know, there, there is nothing that will bring more fulfillment in your life than being where God wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do. There isn't, there isn't anything that will replace that. Uh, but here, Jonah, he decided he was going to go the other way. He went from the presence of the Lord. You know, we need to make sure that our decisions aren't bringing us away from God, but to God. What is it that's pulling at you to go a different direction? Uh, sometimes it's our fear. Sometimes it's just our flesh. But anything that pulls you away from God's will as opposed to draw you to him is a direction you should not go. Uh, look, verse number four, though, uh, we see, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the city, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Uh, what do we find here? Uh, God not only prepared a people, and God not only prepared a preacher, God here prepared a storm. He prepared a storm, and this storm was a storm that, uh, that was, uh, was destructive. This was a storm, and you know what? God knows how to get our attention. He knows how to get our attention. You know, we don't always want to go the direction God wants us to go. You know, when I started being led to California... I mean, everybody's trying to get out of California. That wasn't a direction that I was, had any inkling towards. But I'm so thankful that God led me here. You know, we, we need to, to desire to go where God wants us to go. And here God prepares a storm. 
And with that storm, uh, this storm, uh, it was a destructive storm. Look at verse number five. And the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down on the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Uh, and so uh, here, what do we find? We find in this storm, we find a preacher who had peace. You know what? Just because you have peace does not mean that you're in God's will. The storm came and Jonah's sleeping. People tell me, Pastor, I just got so much peace about this. Well, what church are you going to go to? Well, you know, we haven't got there yet. But when we get there, we'll start looking around. I'm sure we'll find one. And maybe it's a move for money, maybe it's a move for climate, maybe it's a move for finances, taxation, who knows. But you know, if God can't take care of me here, he probably can't take care of me there. Amen. And so Jonah here, uh, he, he was running. He had peace, but he was not in God's will. <coughs> Excuse me. He was not in God's will. Uh, the storm comes, and during that storm then, what do we find? Look down at verse number 17. Uh, God not only prepared a storm, God prepared a fish. Look at verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So here we have Jonah, and he is tossed into the sea uh, by these mariners, and with that now, uh, they, are, uh, they are trying to get, uh, get uh, out of this storm, and, and God here is, uh, has given them the information uh, Jonah had told them, uh, that you've got you've to throw me overboard. Uh, if you want this storm to cease. And the, the mariners, they, they threw their wares overboard. The Bible says that they rowed harder. They were hard-pressed in rowing. Uh, so they worked harder trying to uh, not throw Jonah overboard. You know, the worst person to be around is a backslidden Christian. It will cost you. It'll cost you. It'll cost you your safety. It'll cost you your resources. And here, here Jonah, he had peace. Uh, he knew what was going to stop the storm. He could have jumped in. He said, well, you got to throw me over. And then they decided, no, I'm not going to throw you over. He said, well, you know, if you want this storm to cease, you got to throw me over. And twice that dialogue goes through in this passage of Scripture. And what do we find? We wait till, he waits till they finally just pick him up and throw him over. You know what? If somebody is dragging you down, you better get rid of them quick. Don't wait. You say, Pastor, that just sounds so unloving. Your family's at stake. Your family's at stake. We look at Corinthians, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5 that if there 
if there is a brother that is a fornicator or if there is a brother that is an extortioner, he goes through and lists different sins and he said, don't even eat with them. You know why? Because God says you've got to separate from them so they will get it right. It's not unloving, it's loving. God's plan works. God's ways work. And here we find this uh, in this passage of Scripture. And so we know it was a whale. You say, well, pastor, the Bible said it was a great fish. I know, it's a great fish. Take your Bibles, hold it in place in Jonah there. Uh, Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Every time I mention Jonah and the whale, somebody comes up and corrects me. Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse number 40. How many of you have a red letter edition? All right. Verse 40, is it in, what color is it in? It's in red. And red means what? Jesus is speaking. Okay, so Jesus is speaking. Uh, he's speaking all through the Bible, but uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, the Bible says, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the what? The whale's belly. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Uh, I think Jesus knew what kind of fish it was. And he gave the clarification in the New Testament that it was a whale. And scientists might say, oh, there's no way that a man could be swallowed by a whale. They just haven't met the fish. And they haven't met my God. Uh, My God can do anything. If he can speak and bring worlds into existence, he can make sure that that fish could swallow a man. Uh, And so uh, not worried about that. Uh, But here we find that God prepared a a people, God prepared a preacher, God prepared a storm, God prepared a fish, God prepared a message. Go to chapter 3 of Jonah. Chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. And look with me at verse number 1. Jonah 3 and verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I shall bid thee. So Jonah arose and went in unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah here was given a message by God, a eight-word sermon. How would you like God to give me one of those? An eight-word sermon, and 120,000 people got saved. Eight words. There's power in God's Word. The job of salvation is not ours. We don't save anybody. And somebody that that receives the truth of God's word, it's not because you or I had all the right stories or we memorized all the right verses. Uh, There is power in the word of God. 
uh, and the Word of God, this message uh, that was there, it was there so uh, these people would get saved. And God knew exactly what message needed to be preached. And Jonah only preached an eight-word message and 120,000 people got saved. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine uh, this word. But, but watching the rest of the passage and seeing jo- Jonah's attitude, uh, I'm sure that these were not lovingly given. Jonah didn't want to be there. Have you ever been under a preacher that you weren't sure that he wanted to be there? Have you ever sat and wondered, I don't think he likes us. I've been, into, I've been under some messages and I'm like, man alive, does that, pe- does that guy love anybody? That's sort of how I imagine Jonah's preaching. It was judgment and they deserved it. Let me tell you, God is working for a purpose. And in that purpose, God had a plan. And so Jonah here, he preaches this message, and he prepared this message, and the, the city gets saved. Go to chapter 4, and we're going to see the uh, response of Jonah. Uh, J- Jonah chapter 4. The Bible says in verse number 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. You know what? Somebody gets saved, I'm happy. Somebody, somebody gets saved, I'm excited about that. I was excited about Giovanni getting saved. I was excited that he trusted the Lord as his Savior. I talked to him this morning, and he was, he was excited about it as well. He was wanting to find the scripture. He was wanting to learn. Uh, he was talking to some other people, and they came up and told me about the conversation. It was just, uh, just an openness concerning this idea of growing uh, and that he, 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 was, he was learning things. What a blessing. Uh, but here, Jonah... He was not happy. He was angry. He wanted judgment to come. He didn't want these people to get saved. What a sad commentary when God's people don't want people saved. He said, oh no, pastor, I want people saved. Then quit talking during preaching. Yeah. Hello? I want people to get saved. Then don't be a distraction. Say, am I talking to you? Yes. Don't fool around on your phone. You know, church time is not time to play solitaire or minesweeper or any other game. That's not why we're here. Play, play the games at a different time. You know what you're, what you're communicating is? What's going on doesn't matter. Don't fall asleep. You know, church isn't time to take a nap. Now, if your hair is silver and you fall asleep, I'm okay with that. the bills isn't, isn't silver, it's just gone. 
But you know what? Most of us, we should be able to stay awake. We'll stay awake for what's important to us. Sit up in your chair. You lounge in your chair. If you're tired, you're going to sleep. Hello? Good night. That's what's going to happen. And it sends a message. You know what you know what message we should be sending? Is I'm here to worship God. I'm here to worship God. I'm excited about being here. I want to be here. I want to learn what is going on. I want to hear from God. Please give me something. And that should be through the song service. Amen. It should be all through the service. But here we find Jonah. Uh, he was not happy. Uh, God had, had worked. He had prepared a message for Jonah. Jonah preached it. And Jonah was mad. It displeased him exceedingly. And the Bible says in verse 2, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this in my saying uh, when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before into Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of the evil. You know what he is saying? He's saying that same God of the New Testament was the God of the Old Testament. Jonah knew God was a God of mercy. He knew God was a God that was slow to anger. He was a God that uh, had, had great kindness. Uh, and God wanted to forgive these people. He is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, uh, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish. These people in Nineveh, God did not want them to perish. He wanted them saved. Verse 3, therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Man, haven't we heard that other times in Scripture? Isn't that what Elijah said? A great victory happens on Mount Carmel, and then Elijah runs from Jezebel, and then we find, we, we find him then saying, God, just, just kill me. Then here we see Jonah preaching a message, and 120,000 people get saved. And he's saying, God, I knew you were going to save them. That's why I didn't want to preach judgment, because they knew they were going to get saved, and you're going to make a liar out of me. You know what? It's not about us. It's not about us. And Jonah here, he preaches this message, and then he gets mad. Verse 4, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? Are you justified in your anger? And Jonah felt like he was. The Bible says in verse 5, so Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. He was looking forward to still be destroyed. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might overshadow his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd. You know what? God is good to us even when we are not in a good place. God, God's still good, even when our spirit isn't right. 
Have you ever come to church and you didn't want to be in church? And then you walk away thinking, man, I'm so glad I went to church. God's good regardless. And he prepares this gourd, and it goes up over the top of him. And Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. Uh, but God not only provided a gourd, God prepared a worm. Look at verse number 7. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. God's still trying to accomplish something. Salvation of the lost took place. But now he's trying to get this preacher's attention. Now he's trying to get his spirit right. And this, this gourd that was there, it now withers. Verse 8, we see that God also prepared a vehement east wind. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted. And wished in himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And, and here we see Jonah dissatisfied and unhappy with what God had done. But in this theme, what do we see? We see the lengths that God will go to to bring people to Christ. The whole event in the book of Jonah wasn't about Jonah. It wasn't about the, the whale. You know what it was about? was the mission of seeing people saved. You know, God wanted Nineveh saved. God wanted Sodom saved. God wanted Sodom saved. Is there any place that you wouldn't be happy if they got saved? Sodom was a wicked, vile city. But God wanted it saved. Abraham went before God on behalf of Sodom. God, if you find... If I find 50 righteous people, will you spare the city for 50 righteous people? God said, yeah, I'll, I'll spare the city for 50 righteous people. He said, well, God, if we lack five of the 50 righteous and I find 40 and five righteous people in the city, uh, will you spare the city? And he said, yes, I'll spare the city for lack of five. And then he came back and said, God, uh, if, you, if I find 40 righteous people, 30 righteous people, 20 righteous people, gets down to 10 righteous people, if I can find 10 righteous people, will you spare the city? And God, or, and Abraham could not find 10 righteous people. And the city was destroyed. You know, we don't know what was going on there. But God spared one city and God destroyed the other. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for some individuals. Hundred and twenty thousand people, one person. You can do something. 
He said, well, I just don't know enough Bible. Eight words. I don't know all the verses. Eight unhappy words. I don't want to go. Neither did Jonah. But the result was that 120,000 people were saved. God doesn't need everybody. God needs one. We can't control any other one, but we can control this one. I can't say yes to God on behalf of Brother Nathan. It would be easier. I can't say yes on behalf of Stephen, who's Stephen. I can't say yes on behalf of Brother Perry, but I can say yes on behalf of me. Every one of us are given somebody to communicate the gospel to. The whole theme of Jonah is missed in our Sunday schools. It's sort of relegated as a Bible story. But the whole passage is about seeing people saved. That God in the Old Testament was merciful, long-suffering, and he wasn't willing that any should perish, even the Ninevites. We look around our state, we are in a wicked state. The reality is there's sin everywhere. So all the governor that we have, and I'm not thankful for the governor we have, pray that he'll get saved. But the reality is, no matter where we go, there's sin. You move to Kentucky, you move to Texas, don't move to Texas, or Florida, or Idaho. I don't know why those three states right now are going. People are going to those states. But the reality is, no matter where you go, there's still sin. And there are people that need to be reached. The God of Jonah, the God of Jonah wanted people saved. And if he could use one to see 120,000 people saved, I'm sure he could use us to see a few saved as well. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being a, a gracious God, a merciful God, a loving God, a God that will use sinful people, uh, use people that aren't everything that they ought to be, uh, yet you can still use us. And I pray that you'd help us tonight uh, to, to just surrender. Uh, Lord, help us not to run any longer. Uh, Lord, many that are here tonight, uh, we, we know that we need to be a witness. We know that we need to tell others about you, but we run from that. We, we are not comfortable with that, and maybe we push it off. Help us, Lord, to just uh, follow you and follow the, the leading that you have for our lives, and help us to be that light uh, that will lead people to a saving knowledge of Christ. And so bless now in this time, for Christ's sake we pray, amen. Let's stand together. The in instruments are going to play. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you respond. You respond. The God of Jonah, he wanted people saved.
the God of Jonah, he wanted Jonah to, be, to partner with him in the salvation of the lost. And Jonah's God wants you to partner with him. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Here tonight, you've been saved. Need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. We have everything ready. Here tonight, you feel like this is where God would have you join. Whatever decision you need to make, make it tonight. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.